cliffcentral.com. It is time for It's Going to Be Okay with Dr. Hanan Bushkin. And uh, he is, of course, a renowned psychologist. He's our in-house shrink. And uh, he's the head of the Anxiety and Trauma Clinic in Johannesburg, too. So I got a message from Sylvia recently. She wants to discuss a very important issue with Dr. Hanan. Uh, she also wants to uh, keep her video off because, um, as we've said before, you are more than entitled to bring your problems here, get some free therapy from Dr. Hanan, and you don't have to reveal your identity. I mean, Sylvia, it may or may not be her real name, but she's got something that she wants to discuss with Dr. Hanan. So first of all, let me welcome him. Hey, Doc, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Very good. Nice resting uh, after a weekend of... of uh, going down rivers and all kinds of things and, and trying not to flood away. But we're all here now. Lovely. Now we made it. So, Doc, I, I want to introduce Sylvia to you, and then you can take it from there. Sylvia, I'm going to let you explain uh, from from the get-go what uh, it is that you want to discuss with with Dr. Hanan, and you you don't have to worry. We will uh, we'll be protecting your identity. You are anonymous on our screens, and uh, you've got a very – particular problem that you want to bring up with him and something which I'm, I'm sure he, he will be familiar with. Sylvia, go ahead. Um, all right. So um, there was uh, three years ago, a 18-year-old girl uh, joined our sports team. So it's a pretty competitive uh, sport. The girls spend a lot of time together, um, up to eight hours a day. And um, nobody had ever seen her eat, except maybe for one girl, she saw her eat one grape, ever. Um, so the girl was also a very pretty girl, tall, thin, intelligent girl. You know, she went to one of those exclusive schools. Um, it's not for everybody. The school prepares the girls for well, not just the girls, uh, the kids who go there are, pre are expected to uh, be able to go to university. Um, so this girl was with us for about a year, so mm -hmm. until she was about 14. I had realized that um, she wore quite a few layers of clothing because she was always cold. Um, so about uh, when she was about 15, uh, 14, sorry, her parents uh, let us know that she would stop the training and she'd left school because she'd been admitted to a clinic where she was being force fed. Um, she came back maybe a few months later, I seemed to be going okay, but she came back once and we didn't see her again until about late last year, so she was 15, the parents told us that she had, um, upon her own request, been discharged from the clinic. Um, she had been legally allowed to go home and die. So she had been expected to live for about two days because, well, she had stopped eating and drinking, but she was alive for about two weeks. So, I mean, the obvious question is, why would anybody want to do something like this to themselves? But what bothers me the most um, is what do the parents do? You know, in those two weeks, she's lying upstairs. Watch, we come home after work and we sit around the dining room table 
talk about our day and what's go tuck her in, kiss her goodnight. In the morning we come back and, well, go check if she's still alive. Sure. Why would anybody do this to themselves, Dr. Hanan? Yeah, so thank you very much, Sylvia. You know, um, eating disorders is a very complicated and uh, a very complex disorder. Uh, people think that or a layman would look at another person not eating or overeating or binging or purging. And there are many different types of eating disorders, but a layman will look at that and go, well, just eat more. Uh, what's the problem? It's an easy condition to fix. And in reality, it's a very sufferable condition because the the eating disordered person literally is going through hell every minute of every day. And they literally go from anxiety to anxiety, to a panic, to anxiety, to anxiety, to depression, to a panic most of the day. And the only time that they feel in control is when they're, they're controlling their external world, which is in this case, their food intake. So think about it. You literally go from anxiety to no anxiety for a short period of time to anxiety again, to no anxiety. There's no moment of happiness and joy and passion and love and a sense of purpose they literally go from pain to pain to pain so it's a very sufferable condition and the your your two questions first of all is why why would somebody do that well i can tell you from from the experience that i've had with my patients nobody ever chooses to have an eating disorder Nobody. People, yes, if you watch movies and TV shows and, you know, you're watching Hollywood and uh, I guess it's everywhere around the world, people are on these fad diets and want to lose weight and want to look great. But eating disorder is another kettle of fish. It's a disorder. It's a condition which is controlled heavily by a feeling of not being in control. Why would somebody do that? It's not a choice. And just to explain to everybody the mechanism that happens is that the more you're out of control on the inside, the more you want to control the outside. So the more I'm spinning on my in the inside in terms of emotions, the more, the more I want to control the outside. And people lean on different things to control the outside. You know, some people lean on organizing their shelves and getting color codes and uh, some people control other people other people control their exercise regimen to a whatever degree and then obviously it goes more and more and more extreme and people control their food as well but when it gets to the point where it becomes dysfunctional in other words you're busy dying well, that's when it becomes unmanageable because with anxiety and eating disorder, it doesn't get better over time. With our treatment, it actually gets worse. Sure. So your first question was, why would somebody do that? So first of all, it's never a choice. Nobody ever chooses to live with anxiety. They just feel lost and they don't know what to do with it. But the mechanism that drives it is a feeling of loss of control. And the only way for me to feel stable and in control is to control my external world more and more and more and it's like a drug so a drug addict will do a certain quantity of a drug and they feel good and after a while they become used to it and they need more and more and more and more and more of it and the same with an eating disordered person 
they will feel out of control and they will do their drug. In other words, they will control the external world, they control the nutrients, and they feel good, and that becomes the addiction. And the next time they need more and more and more and more and more of it until in this girl's tragic case, she obviously lost her life. Um, And I understand that. It's incredible, incredibly difficult. But the second question is, what can we do? And a lot of eating disorders are linked to bullying at school, are linked to incredible uh, unrealistic expectation via social media, the internet to look in it, to look a particular way, to sound a particular way. It relates to a sense of not belonging and you want to fit in in some way. And what can parents and society do is, well, let me start with the parents is find the right treatment for your child. The moment it gets to a certain point, a parent, unfortunately, is not really qualified. I mean, look, you should offer your child love and consistency and warmth and all those wonderful things, those wonderful nutrients, so to speak. But if as a parent you're not qualified because you don't know what to do, seek professional help and do it early. And do it early. So seek a a doctor, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a professional that knows exactly how to guide you in this particular case. Because the way we would treat an eating disordered person, A, could be very different to the treatment method of eating disordered B. Mm. So to a parent that goes through it, don't leave it. Do not leave it. Because if you leave it, I'm telling you, and the biggest lesson here is anxiety and eating disorders and depression and mental health does not get better by itself. It becomes septic and it gets more and more and more toxic and it becomes worse and worse and worse unless it is treated. So seek professional help early, get the right guidance, get the right framework, get the right blueprint to help you manage your child, and but do, but do so early. So, Doc, first of all, I mean, the parents, you know, some someone here said the parents are to blame. That's not fair. I mean, you know, they, they probably tried their best. But the fact that, and Sylvia described this in such detail, I mean, it felt, it felt painful to even hear it. Yeah. To listen yeah. to the story of how the parents kind of had to just watch this girl over two weeks die. Um, that must be yeah. an enormous strain on them because they're, they're actually powerless. I mean, you can seek professional help. But, you know, you, if someone doesn't want to give up the things that make them sick, and they don't want to stop things, they don't want to change anything. There's really no way you can force someone to stay alive. You know, Gareth, the, uh, when I see adults with eating disorders, um, or for that matter, any mental mental um, disorder, mental health disorder, adults have an incredible amount of power and leverage. They've got financial means. They can manipulate their world a lot more than a child can. We can – I don't – I, I don't want to believe that you cannot help a child. Yeah. I don't want to believe it because you've got leverage over them. You've got leverage over where they live and financial, and you can manipulate their world and manipulate it on me in a negative way, but you can change their world to help them move forward in a particular direction. So I would, my advice to every parent sitting here on my couch um, and every parent listening you can, there's always a way to help your child. We're not talking about an adult that can drive away and they don't have to see you again. We're talking about a child that literally is controlled by the environment that you set for them. So whilst we can never, 
And I would never blame a parent, you know, especially in the case where we don't know the information. Mm. And sure, listen, a lot of eating disorders are caused by instability in the household and maybe a, a neglect in terms of parents and incredible abuse. But unless you know the whole story, you can never blame uh, the parents. But I would always say there's always a way to every parent listening here. There's always a framework, a blueprint, a method, a treatment that will get your child better. Always, always, always. We never give up on children. Adults, we don't have the power, but children, we certainly can. If you get the right guidance, there's always a way out. Sure. Sylvia, I'm I'm really really sorry to hear this, and I'm I'm very sorry for you that you had to to, to watch this poor girl, you know, kind of mm. fade away. It it sounds really painful and awful. Um, yeah. How are the parents doing? Do you still speak to them? Do you know anything about them? No, um, unfortunately, we don't see them anymore. This was the youngest child. Oh. No, it was actually the mother's only child. Oh mm. wow. Mm. Oh. Awful, yeah. Awful no, story. I don't think it's fair to blame the parents. No. She seemed to be a good parent, always taking her everywhere she needed to. She was around and she was a, she looked like a happy child. Yeah. You know, I'll just say this, Gareth, I know we're done, but uh, to parents, if you don't know what you're doing, what ends up happening is a parent a lot of time becomes an enabler mm -hmm. because they don't want to see their child suffer. So they keep on feeding them with a the thing that they're addicted to which doesn't make the child better, makes the child worse. So if you don't know what to do, seek professional help. Yeah, and there, there are some very good places in, in South Africa that have been treating people with eating disorders for years. And, uh, and, and, and obviously we'll, um, you know, we'll try to help you, but there are, there are, there are people who can, um, who can definitely get involved and do the right thing. So thank you very much, uh, Sylvia. Thanks for sharing that with us, Dr. Hanan. It's not an uncommon problem. Okay. There are lots and lots of people not who are very. going through this eating disorder problem, right? Absolutely. It's very, very common, and uh, you hardly see it because people hide it and manipulate it and wear heavy clothes or baggy clothes, so it's very well hidden. And mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, in a lot of, the, a lot of time, it's actually rewarded. You look so thin, you look so mm -hmm. beautiful, you look so great. So it's actually mm -hmm. being rewarded, which is a problem. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Dr. Mm. Hanan. Thank yeah. you, Sylvia. Okay. And, uh, Thanks, Cass. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there, are, there are great uh, organizations uh, around, around South Africa. I know that Tara in Johannesburg has a sterling reputation for helping people with uh, eating disorders. And uh, actually, eating disorders is one of the subjects of discussion in, um, in our Beyond Madness podcasts with uh, Professor Christopher Paul Zabo. And you'll want to listen to that too, Sylvia, to give yourself a little, uh, a little bit mm. of a of insight into how the psychiatrists deal with it. So some very interesting things. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's so difficult for as Dr. Hanan calls them the layman to understand why either we would stop putting nutrients in our body. Mm -hmm. So um either stop doing something for ourselves like stop exercising or stop moving or stop going out. Right. But it's it's equally as difficult to understand why someone will put something in that's that's wrong, yeah. like drugs mm. or alcohol um, or excess food. Yeah. It, yeah, it's 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 very difficult for the layman to understand. And a, a scary bit of advice here from Christina, or, or rather information from her: increase in eating disorders during the pandemic and lockdown too. Yep, absolutely. That's, every every psychological disorder 
was was magnified during this time mm-hmm. because no one was coming in to check on you or mm-hmm. not to check on you but just be present mm-hmm. um I, 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 as mentioned i lost my uncle to severe alcoholism and suicide because we just weren't popping in anymore or just yeah. coming by the building um and so it was very easy to sit and hide and do all these things yeah I'm 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 very very aware of the fact that this pandemic did magnify so many of these problems that people are going through. Listen, if you've got a problem and you have an issue and you want it resolved and you want some advice from a real professional, not just a layman as Leanne and, and Dr. Hanan have called the rest of us, then what you can do for some free therapy is just let us know. Contact at cliffcentral.com. We will pass on the info to Dr. Hanan and he can address it head on here on the show. Monday morning. And the reason we want to do it on the show is because there might be other people who benefit from that at the same time. There might be other people who are looking for advice and looking for, you know, someone to give them the right kind of information. That's why we want to do it publicly. So let us know if you have something similar.